Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where only one of us here really loves the blast beat. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm that Super Metal Brother Dan, who doesn't like the blast beat. <laughs> Starting it off right from the get-go, we're going to bring in some brutal feels because this week we are going back to our classics and reviewing... And after last week, the 36 Crazy Fists, I thought people might be a bit worried. Maybe we're getting off the metal, metal train, but we're bringing it back this week because we're reviewing an industrial black metal band. Maybe the first for us on this podcast, Danny. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, Demi Borges, they keep talking. They're more symphonic. Yes. Who's industrial then? I actually don't know who they're... Oh, I mean, Dragon Lord, is that... It's not really industrial. No, nah, symphonic. Yeah. 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 So we're talking about uh, Samael a uh, Finnish metal band, and they have an album called Hegemony. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. We're also going to talk about Loudwire. They have jumped on the metal guys, metal hammer, whatever bandwagons of uh, overrating bands that are pretty much overrated, and they have an annual award. But this is their first one. Is their breaking of the virginity any good? Well, just find out, and we'll let you know later on in the show, Danny. Yeah, exactly right. We always have a go at Golden God, their awards, because it's like placating to like the big bands all the time, and it gets quite fresh. It's like the like the Grammys of the music of the pop music, where it's always the pop, top pop music people always win. Same as the metal guys. Like, but there's so much better quality. You guys, what are you guys doing? We're also asked the fans about what their feelings were, lad wise, and we've actually got a few of those to read out as well later on today. So we'll get onto that. But first, let's go straight into the news. Right off the get-go, Mark Tremonti. Haven't covered this guy in a long while. Uh, you'd know him as a guitarist from, I think, from Altered Bridge, but also from the Tremonti Project. Archie left, I think it was Creed. He decided to go a bit solo for a while. And he's talking about uh, guitar lessons and, more importantly, why he didn't do it. Uh, basically, it comes down to uh, he wanted to be his own writer and stealing off just one person is bad news. I agree. If you're going to steal off one person, uh, you'll be known as that band. But if you steal off three or four people, you know it's innovative and, you know, breaking the barriers because you're breaking the barrier of sounding like one band yeah and the trick is you have to steal off bands from different like subgenres of metal because yeah. currently people are so metal elitist that they will only like their subgenre mm-hmm. so you, and they won't like care or listen or pay attention to other bands and other subgenres so if you want to do that people think you're like revolutionary that's right so if someone managed to make a black and death metal band but then all of a sudden have bruce dickinson feature in a track I might actually find myself listening to power metal. Or industrial black metal band like Sam Hour. Oh, oh, maybe they've done it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get Bruce, please. <laughs> you guys are fine. Um, we go looking at Megadeth. Dame Mustaine reveals he has Lyme disease. Uh, the poor guy now has, has some sort of infectious tick bites. Um, Danny, not looking good for the uh, old thrash metal. You know, he's coming across that hill where he's been in the scene for quite a long time and now uh, certain things are slowing him down from touring. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think he also has the... Um is it RSI or he has some sort of nerve damage well in his hand? So yeah. that, was, that was also, maybe it's linked to this. Maybe they just figured it out now. So, so it's, you know, age, you know, makes fools of us all. So. It does. But I think Dave Mustaine is pretty good at just being a fool regardless. Uh, not level of, of uh, you know, the genes out there or the Aussies, but uh, certainly has a controversial statement from time to time just to kind of keep uh Keep up in the news, keeping the young guys' heads. Yeah, what's clever with Dave? He always like re- relates it back to God, and God will look after you. So he tries to like cover his ass, but like it's like when you go to church and you break all the sins and all commandments, break all the commandments. Yeah, he did confession. Oh, I'm I'm absolved of those sins. Yeah, I think Dave himself. I can say whatever the hell I want to say and salt anyone of salt. But as long as I say I'm sorry and God yeah. will look after us all, that's fine. And because he did write some pretty sweet albums, um, you know, Rust in Peace, even all that long, long time ago. Uh, you know, people are going to have those strong feelings from regardless. Imagine the same with like James Hetfield and, and Lemmy and all those guys. Well, obviously, we're still here. The guys who are a kid, punch him in the face and then just go like, it's cool. I'm Lemmy. And it's like, yeah, you know, he did give us that really good album. So you can kind of balance it out a little bit. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, we're looking at Olsen Guitar Works. And apparently, they're frauds because they did not build a 17-string guitar. Apparently, someone else did. These guys here are importing guitars from overseas, saying it's their own, putting their band on it. But uh, pretty, ju- that's pretty. It's pretty lame. Yeah. So these guys definitely get the uh, Gene of the Week award. Yeah, definitely. Definitely off. Gene. Yeah. So these, this guy apparently this Olsen guy apparently he it's called Guitar Works and he's told this bloke Jared Jared Dines. Yeah. He's apparently he's a very good YouTuber. He does all metal like funny videos. He gets a lot hundreds of thousands of views. So he's quite well known. 
wanted to make a 17-string gent song uh, for whatever reason. That's his prerogative. What? You don't... The funny thing about gent is it's, it's a minimalist attitude. You don't need 17 strings. You just need one string. The guy had the shovel and there was one yeah. string in the shovel <laughs> and it sounded just as coherent as like Immua songs ever have been. Like, what's the problem? Yeah. Well, anyway, this guy here thought he would get a guy to make it for him and that guy's just a middleman. He lies and just gets someone to try and make it and triples the price and sells it on. And he got caught out. So yeah. yeah, now all of a sudden his Facebook account, his Instagram account, all gone to private. So it's not looking good for the guy. Uh, but uh, we need the proper respect to where they do and give credit where it's due. Seventeen string guitar, though. I mean, after the thing is now we've gotten to Meshuggah territory where there's eight strings right now, and the eighth string is so low and and the th- string is so thick you can't go any faster than a certain level because it's just too hard to hit the string. And we've had Adagio ch- challenge it with their gent stuff now, abandoning their whole power metal, um, symphonic power metal, maybe like with that yeah, Symphony X kind of thing they were doing in the uh, mid to late 90s. So I'm going to think, when you get past the ninth, 10th string, how can you even do it without even taking a shit? Like you're hitting that string, <laughs> man. You've got the brown note and that's about it. Like you, how do you hear it? How do you make a song out of a 17 string guitar? Yeah, how do you play a 17 string guitar? Like you see the neck yeah. on that thing? You literally can't get hand. You have to play it like those sliding country yeah, music. Yeah, country guys. Things. Yeah, just with a lot more distortion and a little bit less incest, I'd imagine. Yeah, you normally don't do it when you're playing because your hands are fizzy. <laughs> but unless you're Steve Vai. Steve Vai's like alien fingers can just like play anything. Yeah, that is true. Uh, we're looking at Howard Jones. He explains the drama, why they've changed the name from Devil You Know to Light the Torch. Now, when you hear the music, you automatically don't assume that Devil would be anywhere in this. I mean, it's very poppy metal, um, very accessible, and for me, pretty generic, unfortunately. It doesn't really inspire it. But what, what about Light the Torch, Danny, that uh, they had to change? Why did they have to go away from Devil You Know? Yeah, so apparently last year they were having troubles with their drummer. They didn't say too much what those troubles were, just drummer troubles. Keeping it political. Keeping it political. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And to a point where they had to get fill-in drummers to do a bit of the tour while the drummer was still in there. Then it came to a point where like, you know, we just can't have you anymore, mate. You're causing problems we don't want to tell people about, which makes it all secretive and sexual, you know, scary. Ooh, what's happening mm. here? Yeah, you don't know. Mm. Anyway, so they kicked out the, of, the, of the band but drummer's like, all right, if you want to keep using Devil You Know and keep touring, you've got to keep paying me every time you use it. So they're like, all right, instead, we'll give you a bunch of money to buy your royalties to the name. The drum says, fine, it'll cost you this much. They offered him that much. And then the drum's like, no, nah, no, nah, change my mind. Because he probably saw, no, nah, no, nah, long term, I'll keep getting more, yeah. more money. He's still the right end yeah. of the wall because the band, like we were saying, I mean, they managed to find their way on a sound way before that went you know, south of the border. So they can get money. He knows it's a cash cow ticket. So it looks like just abandoned the whole project, start again from fresh. It must be too challenging, man. Just trying to be making it as a metal band and then just having things like the own band itself stopping their progress. Normally it's fans or the media. But uh, what about the own band members? Yeah, we're going from like Devil You Know to Light the Torch. That's just, I don't know. Light the Torch just doesn't sound like a band name. Well, so. it, it, it's closer though, the sound of that band name than it is Devil You Know to the, what they're playing. Because I hear Devil You Know and I'm thinking like metalcore, breakdowns, rah, rah, rah. But you hear it and it's like, yeah, like show your mum. She'll be like, oh, metal isn't so bad, you know? Like this is what the kids listen to these days. And because of that, you'd be like, oh, I don't like it anymore. Because your mum thinks it's cool. And whatever mum thinks it's cool, you obviously hate. Must be dead, yeah. And so you should. Yeah, that's right. Our, our mum likes Nickelback, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, she does. And she likes us, so obviously we can't oh, handle ourselves. Dang. Oh, no. <laughs> Bruce Dickinson dismisses the feud with Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne as a storm in the teacup. Like all good marriages, um, there's always a third person involved. So why not uh, get Bruce Dickinson to talk about what happened with Sharon and Ozzy? Apparently they just had some fights. You know, Sharon obviously didn't like something about um, Bruce. Uh, there's a few things to find. His voice is a good start. Uh, <laughs> you just can't help it, hey, can you, Matt? Super, mother, super metal brother Matt can't help it. I think we have this podcast just so you can rib on like Bruce, man. Yeah. Yeah, eyes come on. I mean, like, like he's got like a jet and he flies it. He's got his billions of dollars, great house and that. I'm sure he's not going to mind some balding, middle-aged, almost uh, depressed songwriter giving him some hard time. Well, maybe, because he seems very sensitive. So this whole controversy yeah. started with the um, OzFest. They were on tour, and apparently he 
wasn't too happy with the sound quality of the uh, venues they were playing at. And apparently every night before he started, or even during the performance, he used to just rag on Ozfest and like Ozzy Osbourne. And apparently Ozzy had no idea. Like, I think Ozzy had no idea because he, he can't remember anything. Yeah. That's, he, that's the issue. He's like, dude, that guy sucks. And then like the next day, he's like, who's this guy? And yeah. then Bruce is offended. like, don't you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, probably won't remember anyway. Yeah, because apparently near the end of the um, tour, Steve Harris, like the bass player I made, and had, went up to Ozzy Osbourne and said, I apologize for Bruce's behavior. And I was like, what were you talking about? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he, and he doesn't. Like, you know, he has to throw buckets of water on himself because he would pee himself during concerts. Yeah, he has no idea where he is. Eh? No yeah. idea. Um, if you can't have an idea of what your bowel movements are doing, then don't expect to remember what a, a, yeah, a vocalist of uh, varying degrees of talent can, uh, can do for you. Now, there's a lot of uh, talk this week about metal being good. I mean, who would have thunk it? We knew it. That's why we started this podcast. We need to get the word out there about how great... Metal is and how it can change your life, Danny. Exactly, it's changed. It's now taking an hour away of my Sunday nights. So yeah. That's right. <laughs> and uh, according to science now, heavy metal makes you a better person with things, and in quotations, uh, common things of the darkness, sadness, isolation, and anger exhibited in metal songs. Emotions like anger and sadness could be regulated in the brain as well as forming social bonds with other fans in the heavy metal community. So you're balancing yourself out. You get an outlet. You know, you get fired from your job. You know, you haven't seen your kids in a couple of years. Or maybe even worse, you're actually in a, in a metal band and struggling to make all these things happen. Yeah, because you're happy doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's balancing you out. All that yeah. anger, frustration of, you know, getting that thing called money and making a living and that overrated because you're balancing yourself out the chemicals in your brain from a blast beat Danny exactly no not the blast beat part I was, I, was, yeah, I was with you until the blast beat part but it's true like, I've, I've talked to a couple of people about it and they still have the stigma of oh, metalheads must be angry and aggressive because they don't know any metalheads apart from three or four blokes yeah. and those three or four blokes they know they're like oh you guys are super calm and relaxed and pretty down to earth oh I'm surprised I'm surprised you like metal and like yeah but you know, you only know us four metalheads and we are all relaxed and calm. Mm. When does it come to the point you realize maybe all metalheads are that way inclined? Yeah. Like when it's a critical mass hit where you like you, you change your perception of yeah. what metal is. Because they see a guy on stage screaming like in his 40s about, you know, the way the world is right now, like war or famine or the Kardashians, which is obviously a very big problem we have big in today's society. And they're kind of like, wow, these guys are really intimidating. Distortions cranked up. Far more than any distortion amp can handle, um, but it's it's the way it is, you know. You just got to get heavier and angrier, and uh, it seems to resonate with metalheads. Now I think now scientists are getting involved. Check out this uh, quote that I pinched out of another article: "Participation in fringe-style cultures may enhance identity development in troubled youth." So if you know you're failing grades, kid not coming home in time, you know staying out late on a school night, check up some Dragon Lord, and he'll get right as before you know, he'll get A's get laid get, get a partner and uh or maybe not because he is in a metal band after all That's but you true, know yeah. y- y- it's full circle well instead of blast beating your teacher's face you blast beat those drums man that's right normally we just blast beat on a friday night our own ourselves really instead of moshing in prison just moshing your bedroom some music man <laughs> six feet unders chris barnes calls dave mustaine an effing a-hole and uh the megadeth front man Obviously, Dave Mustaine uh, responds. Basically, this is a nothing story. For some reason, Chris Barnes has a massive problem with Megadeth frontman. The problem I find that even though Megadeth, his opinions are really righteous and maybe indignant or just maybe lazy even, anyone who's met the guy can attest he's actually pretty cool to get along with. So maybe his philosophies might be outdated or you know, the typical grandpa who's like ultra conservative. It's like, you know, any kind of change, it's like a coaster, like moving across the room is like the same as, you know, t- terrorism in, uh, you know, in, in the West. It's, he seems like as a businessman, he's smart. So where Chris Barnes is coming from, Danny, has he met the guy? Has he, has he got a personal grievance to do it? Or is he just to disagree with him? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because Mustang came out and said Metal Blade Records, apparently is part of the new autobiography of Metal Blade Records, so that they offered Megadeth a contract, but this never came to the point. That's right. So Megadeth said, oh, yeah, this never happened. If the rest of your biography is like this, then it's all bullshit. Yeah. Or put in the fiction section. And then Metal Blade Records actually apologized and said, um, you know, memories are hard, whatever. So it looked like they were pretty cool. Like, okay, that's done. Someone said something, they apologized, sweet. And it was like Chris Bans from nowhere called him F and A-hole. And they're like, why? And then uh, Mustaine and him had a back in your throat. It's just all, it's all handbags. It. That's right. Um... It is handbags. Taking on like one of the guys from the top tier to top four thrash metal bands of all time 
um, gee, you would want to be, you know, believe and have some sort of uh, proof in that, you know. But I guess this six feet uh, under are actually fairly well known. They're in the extreme metal genre, so they would never pretty much come across Dave Mustaine these days. Yeah, it's true. And Chris Brown's like ex-cannibal corpse, and so yeah. Um uh, Mustaine made a Ace Ventura dig as well. It's like, yeah, okay, why not? Why not? We're talking about every time I die, the guitarist Jordan Buckley sued at a concert for stage diving onto a girl's head. Apparently, we're looking at concussion uh, and neck fractures and uh, physio, all that kind of stuff, missing work, traumatized. I mean, that's what you get from going to an every time I die concert, regardless. But this time, the guitarist jumping on her unannounced. We need to bring up this conversation again, Danny. At the fear of losing stage diving or like crowd participation from the fans or moshing in that because someone's getting hurt, do we need a disclaimer? Should when you buy the, the ticket, you're actually buying into a clause as well, like a pre-existing contract saying, if you are hurt from the fault or the accidental thing of a guitar lead or a firework in that, that the band is in that fault. Where do we go with this, Danny? Well, yeah, this is quite tricky. I mean, some things are fair to stop and some things aren't. But look, this thing here, the whole stage driving thing, yeah, it can be quite dangerous because the most dangerous thing is no one catches you. They, mm. You just jump like, the, the stages can be about very far from the air. By the time you jump off, you're jumping a good like six feet in the air onto like, concrete at times. Yeah. So stage driving is not really a smart thing to start with. Plus, if a guy jumps with a guitar in his hand, that can always be dangerous. So look, stage driving, yeah, you, you might want to think about that. That's not really required. I know it's cool, it's fun, exciting, but... Certain things you probably have to start thinking, you know what, we did it in the past, it was cool, but... We covered a story, nah. though, where Sabaton actually had this lead singer at the uh, tons, 70 tons, 80,000 tons of, uh, of metal, you know, that boat that goes around and carries these metal bands. The last song, the singer joked, saying, oh, I carry me to the pool. He jumped into the squad where literally there was all these fans there, and they literally carried him all the way down and threw him in a pool. And that was the last song. I mean, That's pretty good. what a great memory. But yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. if he jumped and landed on this chick and then he would be like, no jumping for pool because he can't even afford to, you know, to eat for the next week. Um, it is a little bit like, don't you don't want to do it, but how many great memories have you heard of people jumping on a surfboard or, or, or a member of the thing just jumping in with the singing and singing along and chucking a mic down? So it's like... Like you said that, and the funny thing is, like when you get older, you find yourself going further and further back of the uh, the concert because you want to find a seat faster, you know. <laughs> I remember when I was fifteen, I was right at the very, very front, getting squashed into it and like having my face pressed against the least thing's genitals. But now I find myself <laughs> oh, three centimeters like from the toilet or my car. <laughs> is that like a Harvey Weinstein thing? Your face is the genitals. <laughs> you want to go backstage, don't you? Purely, you'll be a rock star. my don't own you? Uh, my own suggestion, though. That's purely on my own uh, divisiveness. Um, uh, and it wasn't manufactured at all. Um, I do, I do think though, it, it is a funny call. I don't want to see her get any money out of it, but I do want to see her at least get the therapy and the um, remedy she needs in order to come back and come to another concert. When it's time, I hope she, the the people in the concert, jump on someone else. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Unfortunately, in a, in a world where people love to sue, it's going to be coming. It will probably come to this. Like now, some local venues they already have signs saying no stage diving, no yeah. moshing. And it's also because the insurance company would be like, you know what, if you allow that to happen, we're going to charge you twice much premium. So they're like, you know what, just don't do it. So it is. So look, this is this is actually unfortunate, a proper injury. So yeah. and, you know, you, you don't want people to get injured. So if she, hopefully she gets looked after in that sense. Yeah, for all the trauma stuff, you're right. And I think that's where you should stretch. And that's the way to get more money. That's right. But hopefully they can yeah, look after her medical bills, and that'd be great. She, well, she really doesn't like the band. She can see the demise of it. That's the kind of the thing, you know, she really wants that vengeance. But she has to understand that if she really loves the band, trying to sue them for everything they've got isn't going to help them. But like you're saying, getting a bit of money back to help them out 100%. And with that, that's definitely cool. The lead front woman from Huntress, Jill Janice, has given us the 10 things that you need on tour. This may be from anything like uh, toiletries, like baby wipes, because if you want to wash your unmentionables they do kind of stink after a while and having access to shower clean water and all that kind of stuff can be hard for a traveling people when you've got 30 days in 30 different venues um daniel what's something that you would need if you went on tour oh definitely a there's like self-motivation tapes you know you say like i am great i am good yeah you have a nice set of hair all that stuff you know yeah cool so not metal (laughs) so you wouldn't be in metal cities with you it's kind of the opposite where it's like you suck 
you've lived in a world that's full of lies. You know, you're never going to enjoy that thing called love. <laughs> oh, what about something like your Batman comics? Batman school, anything Batman related. Yeah, comics, exactly. Underwear, you know, I'll take any of that. Where they can like help me get close to man, get inspired by that shit. Yep. That's all sweet. Uh, food wise, I would have to have carbs, man, because I can't live without pasta. Yeah, yeah. we are uh, obviously our genetics go back to Italy lands, and because of that, if we don't eat pasta three to four times a week, uh, a switch gets activated in our brain, telling us to not talk to anyone until we have uh, pasta. Yeah, then we get like allergic to olive oil for some reason. So yeah, we have to we have to keep up the. We lose our Italian card. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you can't get led into certain places in Australia. You know, there's like market clubs and stuff like that. It's it's, it's incredibly racist. We're our own kind, and they won't even deal with us anymore. Yeah, actually, looking at top ten things um, that Jill Janice wanted, most were pretty like sensible. Most were like health based or um, hygiene based. But one that was really weird. Did you read that one? The tenth one. Well, whatever it was, the Go Girl. Oh, I thought you meant the pickles because that was nah, kind of weird. I don't like the, pickles. It was like the third or fourth one. It's called a go girl. What it is? It's like oh a, yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. It's like a cup a female can wear so they can stand and pee. Yeah, and and it, and it holds all the urination for you, so she could be on stage peeing. And you would have no idea. The biggest problem is that she said she hasn't got access to a shower, which means she has got no way of cleaning herself with water because that's how she uses baby wipes. How does she clean the go girl? Oh, maybe it's like disposable. I don't want to think about that. But yeah. I don't think I think she can't afford to. I think she just needs one, and she just has to make it work. Why don't you be like Ozzy Osbourne? Like you know, if you're about to piss yourself on stage, just put a bucket <laughs> of water on your head, and it covers you. She just needs access to to free water, and she'd be fine. And she can pee wherever she wants. Yeah, think about the environment, lady. Jeez. Okay. Now we, I'm glad we get to go back to this question. The Dio keyboardist, the former one, Scott Warren, admits that Ronnie James Dio's hologram. Raises some moral issues, Danny. Yeah, it was weird thing because I think he's the former dude keyboard, but he's actually now going to play on this um, hologram tour. So he's yeah. saying uh, it does cause more issues, but then he's also saying that Deer would have liked it to occur. And he's thinking that a couple of months before Deer passed on, he um, Deer kind of helped organize this or recorded some things with it. Oh. So he's, he's talking from a yeah, I'm getting employed doing it this way. So I don't know if I yeah. can fully trust his attitude or what yeah, he's saying. Yeah, because the moral final premise of it is is that it is kind of weird. It's like, just because we can doesn't mean we should, you know? It's a little bit like, yeah, we could like jump into another country, take all their oil, profit from it, you know, privatize their country, leave their country in disarray. Oh, I guess we, we kind of did that anyway. But, <laughs> but you yeah. know, my point is that we shouldn't have probably done that, you know? We shouldn't have left the country in turmoil in order to make a profit uh, of people that are far more wealthier than we can ever imagine we're going to be. But it happens. So, Denning, terrorism, is Zio's hologram a terrorist? It's, it's terrorizing Zio's <laughs> legacy, I think. So, that's something. It's probably, it's, it depends how badly it's done, how bad Zio looks. It could be terrorizing my nightmares as well. So. Yeah. We've seen some of these holograms, man. They look friggin' ugly. I mean, like, we're up to virtual reality status now where you can immerse yourself now in 3D holograms of a world that you could never dream of, but they still can't get, like, faces right and eyes right in a, in a hologram. Yeah, so this would look, be make interesting. Make it look fat. Let's make it look like it's sung by bees or something. Like, Dio wasn't, like... Yeah, so like like plastic like surgery. They look like lizard people. So yeah. these holograms are going to look like... I don't, know, I don't know. Exactly. I want to look good, so you transform yourself into a 30-year-old lizard. Yeah. Like, uncool, uncool. Behemoth did release a snippet of their new song of them rehearsing and it sounds like Satanist, Danny. And how does that make you feel? Well, yeah. I mean, Satanist was a good album, but I want to sound like Demigod. Can you just go back to being like really angry? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like apparently when you have a life-threatening disease, it doesn't make you angrier. It does make you a hell of a lot sadder. So, so can someone go down, like go to his, I think he owns a Barbary, just go in there and just like, Get a go girl and just go for it. Just like pee on his shavers, pee on the the toilet, pee on his band members, and see if something will work out. Yeah, because you got a dog, just kidnap his dog. I don't know. Just get him to get angry. Buy again. him a dog, kidnap it, and then only threaten to return it after you like say, "Well, dude, yeah, you know, but, if you're angry." But he might get like full John Wick on everybody and start like barbering, cutting everybody in the throat type of shit. I never saw that movie. That oh, really yeah, makes sorry. me sad. Yeah, no, sorry, you gotta watch it. Uh. Oh, we'll finish off with our last story with Chris Jericho. And apparently, if you want to know what Fozzie sounds like, according to the frontman from Fozzie, uh, Chris Jericho, it's a blend of Metallica and Journey. Apparently, it's its bastard child. And we know one thing about meeting bastard children. Probably should have just gone for the abortion. 
Am I yeah. right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, you put it out for adoption. Um, just because you say you're a bastard child of something doesn't make it true. Okay, so what is a super male, brothers? According to the laws and logic of Chris Jericho, what is super metal brothers, Danny? The combination yeah. of? Yeah, we could be like the combination of like a Bill Burr podcast, a Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. and like, you know, that metal show that used to be on MTV. Yeah, let's go with like... What's the most elaborate university? Like, name something, Oxford. We could say we are as intellectual. We're like, if Oxford were to meet uh, the late night tech show with David Letterman. Like, literally, that's yeah. how high we yeah. are. And if you don't believe it, then you're just wrong. Like, yeah. pretentious, definitely. Chris Jericho, Fozzy doesn't sound much like Metallica. And a hell of a no does it sound like Journey. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where he's getting from. I mean, and Journeyman, they're all quality musicians. Like, yeah. I know they're like happy songs and poppy, but musician-wise, those guys are all solo madly. Yeah. So I don't know what part of his band can do that stuff. And Metallica, do you really want to be linked to Metallica now? I mean, yeah. like, really? Is yeah. It, Everyone oh. knows that their best stuff was done. Like, the Black Album may be considered after the, uh, the, the legendary four thrash albums of all time. Um, yeah, then the Black Album came out and it kind of like, you know, still re-merged them, made them relevant again and sold billions of records. Even to this day, don't they sell like a ridiculous amount of records? Oh yeah, every, was it last year, the top 10 selling heavy metal albums, yeah. six of theirs or something. But, but no, but you can't with an honest smile say anything they've done in the last 10 years and even the self-indulgent oh, pieces of crap man. like Gara Jinkin and S&M isn't as great as, you know, what they've done in the past. So like you said, why don't you distance yourself and call yourself like, um, the Super Metal Brothers. A combination of Super Metal Brother Matt and Super Metal Brother Dan. Perfect. Exactly right. Yeah. We, we need I, know, I know there's plenty of ladies out there who like to be in between Super Metal Brother Matt and Super Metal Brother Dan. And for that, I can just say keep dreaming and we'll move on to our podcast question this week. The first annual Loudwise, Loudwise Music Awards. Yeah. It's the first ever ceremony. And we went out there straight to you guys and asked you what you think of it. And Danny, they've responded. Yeah, should we go through the winners first before we talk about the complaints? Sure do, because uh, as you can tell, like anything of a brand scale, it's very controversial. And when they leave it, some of these awards are actually left for the fans to decide, making it even more polarizing. Yeah, so here's, here's, there's quite a few awards. I mean, to be fair, some of these awards were fan-based, some were by the quote-unquote experts or... Do we know which ones are which? Uh, not anymore. Back yeah. in the day, I did, but not anymore. That's so. fine. Let's just go with it and assume that uh, either or. Or you can even guess. Yeah. Okay, so the first award was the Courage Award. And that was given to Tony Yomi, which is probably fair because he had that cancer battle, cancer yeah. scare. So and he's been fine. dealing with Ozzy Osbourne as well for the last yeah. 20. Twice! He had him, then he lost him, had him again, and then I think he they had Dio again with the Heaven and Hell tour three times with Ozzy. Yeah, so he's done quite well in dealing with the Bill Ward saga. And probably dealing with Sharon because she's more feisty. Oh, gosh, she'll be a pain in the ass. Yep, so he won that. That's probably a fair thing to say. Um, yeah, we'll give him that. That's, that would have taken a lot of courage to stick around that long. And your age touring in countries that you don't, you probably just want to sit back and have a nice glass of wine, but he's given it back to the fans. So that is, yeah, a true test of courage and strength. Yep. Congratulations, Tony. You deserve that award, apparently. Okay. Lemmy Lifetime Achievement Award goes to uh, Rob Halford of Judas Priest fame. Suck around for a long time. Came out as being. Uh, a power metal vocalist, which was pretty good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no scheme as being homosexual. Yeah, and that, uh, that uh, fine. Yeah, whatever works for you. Um, sings high, likes penises. That's pretty cool. Yeah, where's leather? Good on him. Uh, that's probably fair as well for that. Uh, humanitarian award went to Sammy Hager. Okay, now explain to me what is he doing for the world? Yeah, humanitarian. He, he doesn't work a lot apparently. I've read up on this. Apparently, he, um, him and his wife donate a lot to charity. Oh, that's cool. They sold a business and they gave a lot of their profits from that business to charity and stuff. So they actually quite do quite a bit. That's so, awesome. Because yeah. I just imagine guys like Kiss and stuff. I know Kiss did that fundraiser once for that uh, soldier. Oh, Paul Stanley did it, not Kiss. Paul Stanley, exactly, Stanley. yeah. And you're thinking these guys at this level, like what, what are some of the guys that's in the like Slayer or, or Metallica or Megadeth or Anthrax. I wonder what they're doing to help out. Will they ever receive a humanitarian? Will they ever care to receive one? Well, this is the first year, so they have to keep being good and next year they might do better. Um, next was the Hard Rock Artist of the Year, and that went to Stone Sour. Stone Sour. We're talking uh, Corey Taylor. I haven't listened to the album, but I listened to the one before it, and I'm not really digging it. In fact... The band that precedes this, Avenged Sevenfold, who won Metal Arts Artist of the Year, I think you should bump it up. I reckon Avenged Sevenfold should have been hard or like Artist of the Year. And then we can talk about having the Metal Artist of the Year. Yeah, I just don't know how they like choose it. If it's based on what's on sales, how many tours they've done, how successful the yeah. tours are, 
Has the, the new album make a changing impact? I don't Corey know. Taylor has been everywhere so much that he's become, they've become self, the metal community has become self-aware saying, what does Corey Taylor think? And then now it's, what does Corey Taylor think about what Corey Taylor thinks? Yeah. So he's literally, everyone's asking him his opinion in the metal media about anything and everything. So the fans have just been like, we don't care. Yeah, and it's funny because the Hard Rock Outlast and Metal Artist also won Best Album of the Year, which uh, means is that how it's picked, which means just give them what, make one award. Don't do yeah. two awards. So Metal Album of the Year went to Avenged Sevenfold, The Stage, and Hard Rock Album of the Year went to Stone Sour, Hydrograd. Now, as far as Hard Rock, we didn't review much of it last year, so we can't really say about that. But Metal Album of the Year... We've reviewed Avenged Sevenfold's The Stage, and it's a decent album. It does have some flaws, though. You know, some of those songs uh, don't really hit the mark, and the production values are a bit washed. It's not the greatest production. Uh, we did review at the time a very good album from Testament that we feel much deserves praise. But what do you think, Danny? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't middle album of the year. It, it was. Even like the whole saga of how his release was terrible, sales yeah. were terrible. It was just, it was just, it, it was actually about well. yeah, the marketing for it was just not even existent. The fans just, the band just dropped it, and, the, and then they were being asked by certain labels and certain publications like, "Oh, like when's your next album coming out?" It's like it's been out for four months already. So yeah, and then saying that it's yeah, it's a it's a solid album. Some some of the best fans don't even regard it their best though. Like you know, you've got people still fans of Nightmare or whatever. So. I would have given it so we, we reviewed some great albums last year and even this year man what about some of the bands that started this year Evocation Danny that comes to your mind as well you love that album yeah that album's great Obituary album's pretty cool as well I mean this event it was released in November last year so they're saying since then until now that was the best album I'm afraid not okay we're looking at Best Guitarist now presented by PRS Guitars to Zach Wilde surely PRS didn't have a say of who did that because he's an ESP boy these days yeah, that's true. That's probably fan voted. Yeah. It's, look, he's a great guitarist. He's done his... Uh, he's lived he's out back his with Ozzy now, isn't he? Yeah, he's back with Ozzy now. Back so with Ozzy. Uh, he's been doing Black Label Society and all that kind of stuff. He's known to playing with great players like Derek Sherinian and he's been on the same records as some guys like uh, Mountain as well. The guy can play, man. He's a great shredder. He writes good songwriting. And, I mean, as far as stealing, he's just borrowed Ozzy Osbourne's lyric writing and style and made it his own so he can do enough. Yeah, uh, at least he can play a guitar. I like yeah. when they gave the Shredder um, Award of uh, yeah. the Metal Hammer to uh, Lizzie Hale. Lizzie Hale, oh. really? She's a Shredder? All right, fine. The Dime, wasn't that a Dime Bag Award too? Just yeah, to further like, yeah. put your go girl in the faces of the fans and yes, right there and gyrate. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a dick move. Yeah, and the next one was Breakthrough Band of the Year was Beartooth. No idea. Nah. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if did we've reviewed many bands with their first album at all, yeah, to be honest. Probably not. So I really yeah. can't comment. So let's say fine. Yep. Uh, best bassist was Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. Ah, uh, man, come on. Really? Well, like, the problem with these awards that it should only count if they released an album that year. Yeah. And therefore, they're playing on that album that year has like pushed the metal genre forward. Yeah. Or they just, they just did really great technical work on it you just can't give it to someone because they've been great in the past because that's what the lifetime achievement awards are so I don't that's right. I don't think this is these are some of these awards are fair even the Zach Wild one I'm not sure if have released anything this year yeah so, same thing like, unless you release something this year you shouldn't win an award for it yeah we've had like, some good guitarists come out this year as well like the shredding has been nuts and especially guys like from oh damn it I was that death metal band that we reviewed I like Omer Fajr but they would never get the award um, Legion Allegiant, yeah. Yeah, the guys in that can play though and they've released yeah, something right. as well, you know. Um, who's that death metal band that we reviewed with the... Um, uh, twice this year, Danny. Remember that? Remember yeah, that? Archfire. Archfire. Aspire. Yeah. yeah. Again, like those guys, every single member of the band can play. The bass player is another guy you can shred. So I'm with you, dude. I think justice for the guys who played this year, for the people who are pushing the thing forward, must have been a popularity vote. Uh, metal song of the year Power Trips Executioner Talk now we did listen to this song Danny yeah. um, as far as uh, power metal goes Danny it's a power metal no sorry it's a thrash, thrash metal song man. this is like I had to listen to it because if someone's giving me our song of the year you know, this must be the best thing ever yeah. it's like, this must be like Crazy Train or Stargazer or even like I don't know yeah. something that people will be singing and getting into for years after this it is like it's a song. It's not an album. It's literally like, even if you had a terrible release, this song is so captivating and so well thought out and just so brilliant that it needs to be mentioned. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the song. Like That song is just yeah. like the best song. Yeah. You hear it and you're like, it's a thrash song. Yeah. 
Gene- and yeah. that's about it. Generic 80s thrash, and not even great generic 80s thrash, pre-standard generic 80s yeah. thrash. Yeah, you could have given it to Brotherhood of the Snake. Like, there's so many tracks off that. Like you said, Obituary's album, again, everything off that album yeah. is far stronger than anything that's been played yeah. on that, that, that song in general. Um, it didn't come across very well. Unfortunately, my favorite track just fell short, which was uh, Flesh God Apocalypse, um, A Million Deaths. That song is just fantastic. One of the greatest metal songs I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, but I would have put it on anything, even from Pyromaze to Evocation to even, oh, some of the other stuff that we reviewed. It's just, it does a disservice. Yeah, I, I don't know who would have voted that, the fans or the brand, because I didn't even hear them to this day. And to be honest, I wasn't that impressed. Yeah, exactly right. And then the next one was the Hard Rock Song of the Year, which is I Prevail's song called Alone. Unfortunately, I didn't hear that one, so I can't comment. No, I was still angry with the metal one, yeah, so I was kind of like, yeah, you know what I mean? Apart from with Hard Rock, though, we haven't reviewed much. I mean, even yeah, yeah, it's true. Even yeah. Volbeat, to be honest, it would be as close as we've done to it, but that was a little bit early in 2016. Yeah. So it doesn't count. Um, best live band, Danny? Well, mate, they, 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 look, to be fair, they put on a great show. Yeah. They, they get the costume changes to get Eddie, great sets, a lot of energy on stage. It really is hard to, to say, I mean, don't deserve it. Uh, if yeah. you had to give it to someone else, though, I would have given to Baby Metal. They give a good stage presence. Yeah, even um, these days. Ramstein? Like, yeah, even like a modern Marth these days, they get really yeah. into it with their like Viking ship and all that stuff. So there are some co- uh, contenders. But look, to be fair, first time giving that award, it, you know, pay homage to Iron Man because they've been doing it for so long so well. I can't understand why they gave it to him, but hope next year you have to give it to someone else. <laughs> yeah, please just don't. I mean, I know you want to give your favorite bands and, and all these people a tongue lashing. Like, you really want to meet Bruce and, and the boys backstage and give them a quick hand job. <laughs> But just don't. Like, this is the thing about Loudwire. They've fallen into the same traps as Metal Hammers, as that, as, um, um, oh, now I'm already going blank. Anything with metal on it, in Metal Injection, for example. Let's just not. Let's just pretend now that Iron Man don't need any more praise and give it to anyone else for live band, you know? Dillinger Escape Plan, just give them all a final yeah. wink and a nod and say, look, you guys were the most energetic live band that it's ever been invented, that probably ever will be. Have an award, right? Yeah, definitely right. Now it comes to controversy. Oh, here we go. So this one here was given as the best vocalist, and again, and we have to we have to really blame Fear, Fearless Records for this one. Yeah, because I think I'm not sure. If, oh, well, I'm not sure if it was crowdfunded or picked whatever, whatever. But they presented it. But they right? gave it to the controversial choice of Chester Bennington, the late Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Now, before you get too angry, Matt, uh, Lincoln Park at least released an album this year, okay. so I can't be too upset. But he is not the greatest singer. And he hit technically wise, and yeah, it wasn't even the greatest singer that died this year, which is the even worse thing. I mean, you yeah, know, with yeah. the boy from uh, Audio Cornell. Save, yeah, yeah, he was far Amazing stronger. Singer, yeah. You know, he's a great vocalist. He was transcending, uh, not even just punky kind of like grunge era, you know, but even into the rock stuff. You know, he was just pushing forward with exotic scales, uh, using different styles of singing. Um, Chris Bainford would just hit the one note and sing in fairly safe yes. if not same uh, emotion as well yeah. like same feeling all the songs nothing too not a bad exciting. vocalist though oh yeah you, you know when you see him without the uh, band behind him the notes are in tune he's got a soft he had a soft subtle voice and it was and it worked very well for where Linkin Park would go towards however when you see the versatility and the creativeness from someone uh, you know like uh, Chris Cornell you really get the hint of what's going on and I yeah, so do you want to bitch about this for a little bit more, Danny? Well, the problem with this now is you're just starting, you could start a bad precedent mm. where you feel like every year if someone dies, we have to like give them a award for no reason at all because I know it sucks he died and how it happened. That's like, all tragic. I know it's fine, but just pay homage to him in your award yeah, do that really sad yeah. trailer with all that really um, bad, bad middle music, you know what I mean? Like they play it for 10 minutes to show all the people that die, put them at the end, you know, give that really cool glossy finish. Everyone goes nuts. There's your fan service. Everyone's happy. They do that at the Grammys all the time. So um, before they give their awards to people who, who again, probably are paying the most. Um, it's really tough, man. I didn't think Chris Chester deserved that award, you know, for being a vocalist and that. When like you, before, like you were saying, even some of the people who did come out this year and gave a good stellar performance vocally, he, he's probably amongst in the middle of that. Yeah, that's fine. So we'll, we'll move on because I think more will be saying of this in future time. Yeah. Uh, best drummer was given to Gojiri's Mario Duplantio. Or I guess it's French, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Gojiri's drummer, he's pretty solid. Again, he didn't release the album this year. 
Um, good drummer. Brings forth a lot of creative ideas though with the band. So I'm a bit mixed with this one. Uh, the band is known pretty well now. They've gotten out of their groove style and made themselves more progressive and a bit more experimental. Uh, didn't work for us, but it sure did work for a lot of fans out there. Yeah, but, but if I've had to get a band from this year, which I think is fair. It should be based on a band this year. Because yeah. otherwise, why, why would you give it to him? Why can't you give it to like, I know Neil Peart from like Rush or yeah. I know Tom Bonham there from Led Zeppelin. Thomas Hank from Meshuggah yeah, or so, like, you know, yeah, exactly. Someone that's been real renowned um, in the industry. Yeah, exactly right. So I reckon it, to be fair, if you could give it to the Arts Fire drummer, because that guy's off the hook. Yeah. Him, even like Rings of Sand drummer is fantastic as yeah. well. Or the drum machine for Mechanite. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That guy was a treat. You know, he never missed a single beat and uh, gave a great performance. Solid performance. If not, though, a little bit boring at times. Best new artist. Oh, I guess it's the artist itself. Greta Van Fleet, presented by Century Media. I'm not sure if they're on the label. Never heard of him. And so we'll finish it off with the most dedicated fans. How do you How do you measure this? How do you measure this? Like, yeah. record um, sales, yeah. So Baby Metal got the award for that. Now, I told you that Baby Metal should have gone up higher for live thing. And I think that's what this is. If it's the best fans, it's like, how do, you're not giving the award to the band. You're giving the award to a group of people who go to see shows. Yeah. And what location? Like, uh, how do you decide this award? Hey, this And again, like, this whole Baby Metal thing, they've only, again, the album was released, released start of last year. So again, it's not an album that toured. So therefore, you, you give, you're retro giving an award. If you're going to retro give an award for the first time, you have to give it to Slayer fans. Because yeah. I don't know any other band with a guy carved Slayer in their forum. So those guys are dedicated. Yeah. And those guys will probably cause wars if you say Slayer is shite. Yeah. What, just ask for Janssen what happens to someone who dared the fires against the church, church of uh, Slayer. Look what happens to them. Yeah. They're forced to come out and apologize because the onslaught is insane. Yeah. That in itself is dedication yeah so hopefully this year they've got what uh, it's probably all personal shit so hopefully they got this personal crap out the way and next year the wars were based on the year we just sat the whole time saying don't give it to bands that are neater and then we talk about fans and we make the exception to our rule yeah we might be sitting contradiction at this point but it's well founded and I guess we really need to bring back the Super Metal Brother Awards Danny we did it last year is it time to do it again this year yeah but we need time away from this maybe Maybe our pre-Christmas special before our top 10 special. Well, so, we're doing a top 10. Yeah, because we've done the whole entire year. So I reckon it makes sense. We can talk about all the bands we reviewed. Oh, well, yeah, we'll look forward to that. We might even post some people up there for some votes. But what do the fans have to say? What do the fans? These are the intelligent and insightful people. We steal most of our ideas from these people as well. Mm. So first off is Amy Carson. It's metal artist and metal album to Avenge Sevenfold? Question mark. I don't even know anyone that listens to them. Best focus to Chester? Question mark. I know it would have been a tribute, but he wasn't a very good singer. So being nasty, not being nasty, but I think it could have gone to someone more deserving. Our, our thoughts, so we'll go with that. Yeah. Andre, Might have been her thoughts, but like good artists, we stole them and branded them as our own. Yeah, that's, that's why I read them afterwards. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you stole my idea, even though you wrote this <laughs> a couple days ago. They stole our idea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Andre Vandekur, uh, Chester wasn't a great singer. I mean, fair enough, he died, and that's a bit silly to just give him the award. Avenged Sevenfold again, question marks. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mario winning best drummer is only one I agree on. Where's Devin Townsend's appreciation? He's put in the hard yards this year and it's definitely worth of best vocalist. I mean, no one comes close. Yeah, I actually, for vocalist this year, I'll go for the Firewind guy because he's my personal favorite because he's got great power, great range, and that's just my being a power metal fan. But yeah, do it. Yep, go to Elliott. Yeah, uh, um, I don't want to be negative, but I have to agree with Amy and Andre. The only person I know who is a massive Avenged Sevenfold fan is my ex. Well, I think there's, there's underlying issues here, Kai. But anyway, I don't mind him. But put it this way, I let him keep those albums. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, Chester, I think, is a nice tribute, but really he hasn't has always come across a little bit whiny to me. I'll end on a positive saying, I'm glad Stone Sour got some cred because that album is fantastic. Hydro Gred, that is. Uh, best Hard Rock album of the year, hands down. I may deserve best live show as well as Mario from Gajira, best drummer. It's fine. And last is, uh, but not least, uh, Daniel Sertablad. I read Zach and thought best pinch harmonics. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> but no, it was best guitarist. That is wrong. Oh, interesting. Stone Sour's album was very disappointing too. Interesting. If we're talking hard rock, I'd go for, uh, I'd go Art of Anarchy this year. Uh, I don't know. Who's Art of Anarchy? No, we got Act of Defiance because I thought we reviewed him, but no, we never did. And especially with uh, Stone Sour, now that I think back at it, we probably should have reviewed that album as well. Oh, we still can, you know. Nothing good's coming out next week. And then the last <gasps> thing... Communic, Danny! Oh, wait, sorry. Sorry, okay. Sorry, spoiler sorry. for next week. Spoiler next week. 
And then the last thing down with Lad said was the stage was poorly produced, shite. Why reward disappointing albums? Why did I read that? Now I'm angry. And that's probably fair. Yeah, just like we were just before about that ten, 10 minutes of rant that you heard us do before. That was our thoughts of the loud why. It is hard because like everyone's got an opinion in this world. I just wish that uh, some of the thoughts when it came to like Tony, Tony Iommi and stuff like that would have gone to and Sammy Hagar as well like you were saying. But uh, anyway, I guess that's good. Yeah, so thanks for that and uh, we'll see you next year. Eh? Yeah, no worries. But in the meantime, let's talk about a CD review this week. Samal, we are talking the album Hegemony. It was only released at least, it was released before, like a couple of weeks ago, but because here in Australia, Google Play, iTunes, and a lot of it would not let me download this track. Yeah, because the NBN still hasn't been up and running oh yet. <laughs> Once God. the NBN gets up and running, I think we'll be able to get the CDs. Like, we started downloading it three weeks ago. That's we right. Just got it now. We, when we were hanging out with Andrew Hogue on his uh, channel, at this Andrew Hogue 24-7 Rock Metal Radio, he was complaining that our internet was so slow that it, we were using dial-up. And he wasn't joking. He was for real. Yeah. That's how bad our Adelaide we internet like is. cable, man, as well. So it wasn't even, we had a, the top-of-the-range shite as well. That, yeah. But we're not here about to talk about Broken Promises by the Liberal Party. We are here to talk about Samael, the... Finnish? No, sorry, Switzerland. I said Finnish. Oh, I was wrong. Switzerland. It's Switz. These guys are Switz. It's from Sion. They're symphonic, black metal, industrial. And they were formed, not in 2000, not in the 90s, but in 1987. 30-year lineage of black Holy shit. Industrial metal. So when we are talking bands who have tested the test of time, you know something even funnier? The lead vocalist and the guitarist, Michael Lockyer, is still in the band. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. How many people? Is that four piece? Is it- oh, at some point, probably. I think oh, it is okay. now, right now. But uh, we'll talk about uh, a little bit more about them. They would, when they were first starting out, Danny, they were playing up to seven times a week. I know. How does anyone have the time? I can't handle being the boys in my band for like any more than twice, man. That just pissed me off. That, that uh, he must. That must be his speaking voice, because to sing like that for seven days straight. How do? You, when do you rest? Uh, that's amazing. Uh, I don't know. We're talking about some of the influences. We're talking, including Celtic Frost, Slayer, Iron Maiden, Motorhead, Venom, Bathory, and Early Possessed as well. So you can hear a little bit of all that. And, you can tell. And uh, Metallica and Journey as well. I think. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're like more better Fozzy than Fozzy will ever be. Um, basically, they've kind of oriented their sound around the early 90s after their third album, Ceremony of the Opposites, where they started in- involving those industrial metal sounds and additions of keyboards and samples, which definitely feature in this article, I mean, this uh, album. And they've also worked along the signs of guys like Frederick Nordstrom from Meshuggah. So these guys have been around, done the rounds. Is this CD, obviously is round, but is it any good? Well, do I start straight away with my thoughts or like what I think it is like like a rating or just we should start with it because let's let's yeah. talk about uh, what we liked about this album Danny and what did we like about this album well I liked a lot of this album me too I, honestly <laughs> this this is this is making top 10 easy yeah. top 10 easy ridiculous we heard yeah. this album drop the one track drop on Andrew Hogue I think or on the net yeah. or something Andrew Hogue yeah. and we were like instantly oh shit like Danny you came up to me like Matt you gotta check the latest Samal album out yeah. and you when it comes to Blast Beat and all that kind of heavy stuff are like a bit more apprehensive than I am. I jump on this shit faster than flies on dog shit. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, uh, first off, when I, I quick listened to come the tracks, I thought, oh, he's going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like slow, methodic, or, or slightly, actually, slightly heavy, slightly more energetic uh, versus then it goes into like a breakdown, slow, big chorus. Yeah. And other, oh, we, we can recycle this, like blah, 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 yeah. over and over and over. If- I know. Yeah. You feel like this is going to be a formulaic band because you hear the element straight off the bat and you're like, okay, you're going to hear guitars, you're going to hear keyboards, and you're going to hear a catchy chorus, heavy thing. But you're right. They start throwing curveballs at you and they start sowing a lot of those influences that they've been working on for 30 years and they just randomize it, man. You are not uh, going to guess what's going to come next. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's, it's quite amazing because the singer's voice very, I mean, if you don't like his tone, that's unfortunate because yeah. you're not going to like the album because it, he kind of has the same um, sound, the same tone, but his his pacing is good. His emphasis he puts on the different words is fantastic. How it goes with the, like, the instrumentation of the drums yes, is great. definitely. Yeah, like, and then the, the pacing is fantastic. changes up in intensity, like I'm saying, but the great thing with this band, because they use a synth, the synth can replicate a melodic voice, like mm. so they can use that to help offset him and battle him with that, yeah. which which 
they do quite well. Yeah, they can use it to help increase the string section to bring out more melody when it needs it to work as another um, rhythm, like a guitarist as well. So it might even do the same sort of thing to help embellish a sound. The sampling is just phenomenal because it's brought in so sparingly but so much that it brings it so much atmosphere and it really gives it this... It's weird because you, you would never think drum and bass and black metal would work. You know, the guys who hang out at HQ and have doof doof music and have way too much um, steroids and, uh, and cocaine would work alongside or you know, being up at five o'clock in the morning, whatever. The metalheads, which are, you know, chilled, you know, weed, blast beats, all that kind of stuff, or, you know, minus all of those um, trademarks, it, it really doesn't seem like it would work. Yeah, no, but it's just amazing how it does. These guys are like the masters of transitioning inside a song. Yeah. Like how they go from like a heavy synth thing to let like them bring it back to like a drum and guitar section to adding the singing on, but then having like a little pause at times or put a blast bit in there or just like these ascending and descending riffs, which all cause like a bit of like angst, a bit of like yeah. aggression. The one thing though, which came as a shock to me, when I first put the CD in my car, I was like, I couldn't really get a good vibe for it. So I started playing around with the presets and I found a preset that just makes this album just friggin' work, man. Like I must admit, I found once I got some of those mids boosts up a little bit here, those guitars a little bit more, I really started engaging with those riffs and there are a lot of riffs on this album, man. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was more synth-driven, but you're right, there's a lot of like small licks in there, like yeah. these ascending and descending, like climbing it's, riffs. It's very rare to hear a guitar put behind things like um, the keys, the symphonic elements and that. I know with Beyond Train the Martyrs, they did a little bit of it, but the only time I can remember a band doing this was Old Man's Child back in the day where it was Revolution 666 and they got a lot of criticism from the metal community because of that problem because the synths were so high up they're like where's the guitars man and with a band that's so prolific of having guitar riffs as a sense of vocal point it could upset people but for me it's just it's all melded together as a big awesome cherry pie yeah no it's great and there's some parts as well where they actually have like the guitars and drummers seem to be working at times for a song and it seems to be battling them so that's how you like your dichotomy so you're having the, the, the at times the drummer and guitar are slow methodic and underneath that, you have like this fast-paced synth to like give you that like um, chaotic feel, yeah. or they might switch it. And the synth is the slow, um, methodic one, and then the guitars like tremolo picking, and yeah. the drummers like increasing intensity by adding blast beats or double kicks. That's right. But when they do uh, embellish in sections that have a melodic resonance, such as some of those choruses in this, in uh, like uh, Black Supremacy, for example, uh, and tracks in like two and three, whatever. They have strong resolutions. They have great resounding effect on leaving you after the album's closed and singing it in your head. Like, as many times I was just like singing a riff, like those cool, like, diddly, diddly, like, feels and stuff, man. With this vocalist, he hasn't seen a single melodic note. Yeah. It's but true. it all comes from somewhere else. So it doesn't matter. You can sing something else instead and you can sing those big uh, anthem like um, choruses or just verses, whatever, whatever he's saying. It's got depth and punch to it as well, you know? It's got, ah, oh, I think it's tough as balls, man. Like talking about it, it's going to be excited. I can't wait to go my car and listen to the album again. It's just every track, man, it's just something about it. It's going to make you pump, like get angry and tough. And I'd love to see this band live, man, in a yeah. massive arena and just seeing like big, like, banners and stuff come down from the ceiling all red and oh it'd be ridiculous no it would you know these guys here would put a great show because of again the symphonic big chorus sound the chorus would really like attack you be really full yeah and great and, and this is what i had the biggest problem with the guys like 36 crazy fist yeah it's like it was different points of like different sections in the made like the, the the sounds are different but when you're writing a great piece of music it should never be uh, anything else but about writing something that can resonate with the, with the fans, you know? Not something that's self-indulgent that you had to write. And people are going to argue with them saying, oh, they've been doing this forever. These guys have been doing it for 30 years and they're still writing absolutely amazing songs that really are interesting to listen to, but m sort of minimalist, but not because they're like doing just enough for a song to sound good, but there's so many layers going on as well. Yeah. No, it's right. It's, it's, it's great. It's, yeah. I found it, I found it quite... Yeah, it was quite refreshing that you could actually, pretty much, it's only like three instruments for it. Yeah, and I was worried hearing this song because I thought, oh, without all those real full-on black metal elements, where they do sort of touch on with those, some of those blast beats and those big shred sections and the tremolo picking and stuff. But really, I was worried that these guys would be fall just to being repetitive and just playing it safe. But for some reason, man, there'd be another riff that was like, oh, I didn't think I was going to hear that or that section, oh, that's badass, or that's tough as shit. And then it's like, 
then it's all sweet and romantic, but also sinister at the same time. Yeah, it can be like Star Trek Thing 3, so they can have that real like evil symphonic sound. But yeah, then you have like cool, tracks. like track six, like, yeah, there's a track six. It gets like full dancey, yeah. man. Like Black Supremacy, like, oh, this is really, it's like a radio that song, song. That song yeah. is freaking the knees, one of the best songs I've heard this year. I freaking love it, man. Yeah, maybe maybe we tell metal, yeah, why. Hey, hey, should have waited your award for hey. one, maybe two more weeks and put this song right on it. And this album is metal album of the year, maybe. But we've reviewed some really good albums too, so I'm not sure after this excitement whether it will stay with me. But for now, man. Very little to say about Roman with this album. Yeah, the only thing, again, one thing I'll probably say, not, I guess not happy with or didn't think it was required. It's the last on track 12, that Held a Skelter. No, it's 13 though. No, 13 is a bonus track. 12, oh, cool. 12 is Held a Skelter. Oh, yep. And it's just, it's just like very slow pace and stuff. I, I just don't, it might be because it's like how they want to end the album with more yeah. of a, like a slower paced. Um, Wind you down, so, kind of yeah. thing. Get you back to reality. Maybe it's kind of like ah, oh, we've kind it of could like, be. like played all the numbers. Yeah, and maybe there's some sort of lyrical theme in there, which I, I didn't read it up on. So maybe that catch. It might tie it all together. Yeah. So rather than being a track, yeah, I guess so. Well, um, I honestly thought they finished a track ten, even track eleven. I, I just thought the way track ten ended that song, so that's it. End it there. Eleven, yeah. twelve. I mean, they're fine. Track eleven is a great song, but I thought ending track ten was would have been a great way to end yeah. the album. Good point. Um, Mine would just be the overall, when I heard the album for the first time, I found it hard to hear certain instrumentation. I find with Samal, they always have very interesting production values. And I think maybe not for my ear, because some albums I can listen to straight off the bat and be like, all right, can I hear everything off this? It's ready to go. But yeah, with this album, I found, I was like, oh, that's not quite all right. So when I did a bit of tinkering, but it was well worth the 10 minutes of uh, filling around uh, awkwardly in my car, because, mate, I'm ready to go, man. I got this thing preset from my... Samal days and I'll be having a lot more Samal days after today I can tell you that much yeah and they're actually quite considerate because track 2 is self-titled song called Samal and that's, yeah. that's, they sing it in the chorus so if you didn't know how to pronounce their name they, they educate you after 30 years they probably people saying it wrong yeah but then they've got to release a song so people <laughs> know finally break they're yeah. like now nah, after the second album like no nah, after this album if they keep doing it and eventually like man you know what let's just Quash all rumors. It's not Samelica. It's Samelica. Yeah. Sam- Samuel. I had Samuel. I'm like, no, that's pretty sure like a name of your kid that's going to be in, not in this band and that'd be unfortunate. Seamil. Is it Seamil? Seamen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great album, man. Like, I cannot wait to uh, talk about this album to my friends and stuff. I think it's great. A band that fully deserves the acknowledgement and the recognition. 30 years, still writing brittle music, man. I would have thought by now, when you get 30 years into playing metal, you would be doing something like lawn bowls, retiring, even probably be afflicted by death by something like substance abuse or stress. But these guys are still going on, still writing great material. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, I can see why a lot of people in the industry give these guys the respect that they deserve. Mostly the musicians, I find, like people who are really capable with instruments, like Cybreed and guys like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I was, yeah, I heard that song Hogue, Andrew Hogan. I thought, check it out. And then the first time I heard it again, wasn't happy. But after second, third place, I was like, wow, this is a really great album. Yeah, yeah really hear, solid. You can hear it from start to finish. It doesn't fatigue you. Because no. all the songs like nicely length. Like yeah. Three and a half to four and a half minute songs. Nothing overstays its welcome. You know, everything goes as long as you think it needs to as well. It really feels like these guys are playing to their strengths on this album. And giving the listener, and we haven't been too familiar with Samal, so maybe for us, it's like, well, this is what Samal is. But f- to get into Samal, perfect album. If you don't like this album, put your metal elite card at the door and just get out of our house. <laughs> but what, yeah, but make sure you take a gift basket when you leave. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll just give you the CD listen to it again. Maybe you didn't listen to it enough. Was it 30 times? Yeah. 35 times. 35. Just do yourself a favour. Get into this album. And maybe if Download Festival coming next year, Samal could oh, be on there. Here's the thing with Download Festival coming in there. We'll wrap up the Samal review now with saying going by. It's ridiculous. It, the album is fantastic. One of the most solid albums we reviewed on this show. And it's just a full recommendation. It is exactly what Submetal Brothers got into this thing about. Riffs, Brutes, things that make you feel tough that you can take on anything in the world. I'll get that job that you want. Go for that raise. Or that sweet, innocent girl that you've been looking at awkwardly behind the coffee counter, finally getting the courage to slam her penis or your penis in her orifice of some kind. Danny, Download Festival. Before we wrap the show up, it's rumored to come to Melbourne. We're excited. It's not going to come to Adelaide. Get used to it. Would you go see it if Samal were there? Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely, because yeah. that's probably the only chance we'll get to see him. And they better play at night, because I know with that yeah. stupid daylight savings, it won't be dark now until 9.30, and if they're playing at 7 o'clock at night, I'm going to be angry with somebody, because yeah. they, they're a band who needs it. You know, Anyone else can play live in energy so you can see where you're going, or see what you're stepping on, 
But for Samael, you want to sit there and just be like a sponge. Yeah. And in the words of Samael, we don't need any religion. We are strong. We are legion. We don't need any army. This whole world is our country. Oh, see that? As prolific as that statement was, as good as the album is, go buy it. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We've been the Super Metal Brothers. Go out, buy Hedge and Me.